Hey, everybody. You're listening to a brand new episode of Saul's Life with me, your host, Saul. And um, yeah, this is a new one for this week, second one. I've got Ross coming up here in just shortly. I've also got a, uh, a, a, a new illustrious and uh, spectacular guest for you guys uh, phoning in all the way from Queens, New York. Uh, I think he lives in Astoria. But uh, Brandon Collins will be joining us. He's an up-and-coming comic up there. Does a lot of different things. Has a, a couple... Uh, like a couple of his own nights out there at, at, at some comedy clubs and things like that. Um, I'll let him talk a little more about that once he gets on. Um, but I'm super excited to have him on here as well with Ross. They were both college roommates up at St. John's. And also, uh, he does Drunk Black History up in, uh, up in New York. So that's, his, uh, that's one of the big comic nights that he does. Um, anyways, yeah, without further ado, I'll get both of these guys on here in uh, just a second. Uh, yeah, stay tuned. Oh, and I'd like to welcome my main man, Brandon, onto uh, this episode. Brandon, what's up, man? Hey, hey, man. Long time no see. I mean, I'm still not seeing you, but... Yeah, well, so yeah, whatever. Long time no see, long time no talk. Uh, oh, last man. time last time I saw you, oh, <laughs> before Ross gets oh, on here. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no. Last time I saw you, bro, and I can't, I'll never forget oh, this. Oh, boy. You had half oh. a slice of pizza. Oh, boy. <laughs> like half an eaten half a half eaten slice of pizza on the floor and i think you were trying to play my guitar oh that's right yeah man yeah, i still got that picture, yeah, <laughs> got that picture yes. and it's funny because i always like uh, i've always made jokes about like white dudes at parties playing the guitar and then me in a corner playing the guitar i can't play guitar it's just me being a fool i remember that yeah, we, we know we know you can't play guitar, bro. <laughs> Trust me, we, we found out. But uh but yeah, man, I, I will never I'll never forget that. Um one of the funniest nights of my life. Um while I got you on here, and Ross will Ross will pop on and I'm sure he'll interrupt him. Okay. As soon as he comes on or, or I'll kind of stop everything and let let everyone know he comes on. But I want you to go ahead. And uh, just kind of let um, let everyone know that you know that just new listeners, uh, kind of who you are, and uh, what you got going on. I, I know you've got two podcasts um, that you've got going on that are fucking awesome. But I'll go ahead and let you uh, let you start and kind of give me give me the whole spiel, man. Sounds good. Yeah. So my name is Brandon Collins. I am a a writer, a producer, a podcaster in New York City. I'm currently in. In lockdown, I've been, you know, in the like within the five block radius of my apartment for the past three months, which has been great. Um, and uh, like you said, uh, I got two podcasts. One is Media Popcorn Niggas Spoiling Movies, which is for some reason Ryan Tomatoes accredited. So we review movies every week and then we have some for Ryan Tomatoes actually listen to the episodes and kind of try to summarize the insanity to add tomato <laughs> meter, which is yeah. hilarious to me. Um, and then I have another podcast called What Kind of Mail, which is essentially me revisiting the old Nickelodeon show, uh, Doug, and kind of like using that to, you know, discuss race, my upbringing. Um, I'm currently working on season two because I've been I'm doing like six episodes at a time. And uh, okay. I can imagine with everything, with the protests and Black Lives Matter, uh, season two is going to be a little dark because I do talk about race a lot and uh, no pun intended, but it's going to be it's going to be a little rough. Uh, yeah no i know uh on 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 I, was was it your la- the last one that that you just did or the one before that 
I know you spoke about an experience you had um, on your podcast there. Man, I, for some reason, it's coming to a fucking blank right now. As soon as I got you on here, I can't freaking remember. Are you talking about the experience I had with my friend um, with the old apartment in the land? Yes, yes, yes. yes that was yes, the first episode. Yes. I didn't mean for it to be to come out uh, guns blazing like that. The, Thank the, you, dude. Yeah, that's yeah. What The rest of the episodes were a lot more lighthearted. Um, but that one was just top of mind. And, you know, I... Uh, with everything that's been happening, I know a lot of people have been talking to like, you know, white friends who are trying to like understand what's going on and try to be a little bit more empathetic and understanding. And I appreciate that. Um, for some of my close white friends, though, there was like a lot of friction the past few weeks because I think with that situation that I talk about in that first episode of What Kind of Mayo, was like mm-hmm. the peak of me finally becoming like the angry black man, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. yeah we all, of all these things that just been simmering in me for for years and then you know everything between the central park situation and george floyd and then the black lives matter protests and the people saying oh why are you why are you protesting like this why can't you be peaceful it's like motherfuckers we try to do that and um you know the uh having white friends that you know uh, have conservative views that weren't saying anything and i was just like guys that's not cool like at this point it's not cool because once Trump starts saying the when the looting starts, the shooting starts, and calling them thugs, it was like such a blatant, you know, discre- like you know, discrepancy between how he treats white people that protest and how he treats black. And- oh, it's it's ridiculous. It's like there's no defense. Yeah, you you can't deny it. Yeah, so uh, it's been a lot, man, and I think that's one of the reasons why um, my friend Gordon Baker Bone and I we run the showcase called Black uh, Drunk Black History. And, yes, you know, I wanted to talk to you. A about lot that. of venues are shut down in New York, and so like obviously we wouldn't be able to do anything for Juneteenth. Which last year we did our first Juneteenth show, and it was amazing. We had over 150 people in a, a random warehouse in Brooklyn that was dope as fuck. And um, I really didn't want to do anything because I was just like, one, it's not gonna be the same vibe. Like it's just it's not gonna be the magic. But you know, I talked to my wife, and with everything going on, it was just like we need to do something. And we're yeah. doing a Juneteenth show. It's gonna be on Zoom, which you know, it's not the, the greatest medium, but at least like we have great people booked for it. Um, we have some great people we're going to be highlighting. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and so it's going to be obviously on Juneteenth, Friday, June 19th, uh, which is exciting. Um, it also happens to be the same day that Trump just recently uh, decided to do his rally. It, I just it, saw that. Yeah. All places like this guy gives no fucks, right? No, dude, he he's a he's a he's a complete pig. And it, it, it it's I just. there's just no defending it, you know? And now for me, it's hilarious because now what I like seeing is, is everybody scrambling, not everybody, but certain people scrambling to like defend them now. Like when it's just blatantly out there, when it's blatantly in your face, racism and blatant, just, you know, just disrespect all around. Like what's your excuse now? Because you, you keep saying you're a decent human being to me. You keep saying that, you know, all this other stuff. Oh yeah. You know, but you, you, you back up this person that clearly, you know, doesn't give two shits about any person of color, let alone. Absolutely. I, I mean, just poor people in general, you know what I mean? Like, I, and I tell everybody this, it's like, I know you're not rich. You're like, bitch, I'm your friend. I'm hanging out with you. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you ain't no millionaire. So you're not saving any money on anything. What, what is it? What, why are you still supporting him? So, you know, it, it is what it is. I'm just, just what a time to be alive, man. It, that, I, I never thought I'd see that in, in my lifetime. I thought after I learned uh, the I Have a Dream speech yeah. in like second grade, you know, first, second grade. And, you know, after uh, 
you know, at Rosa Parks and everything they teach in high school and, and whatever, elementary school, all that whitewash that's history okay. they teach you, like, oh, yeah, yeah. Florida, really Florida's over. What's that? I was going to say, you said high school, you learned about Rosa Parks. I was like, man, no, Florida's a little behind, but damn. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Trust me, man, we're way behind here. Um, but uh, I, I did want to ask you about the Black drunk history. Like, how did that How did that even come up, man? That's a, that's a great idea. You know what I mean? And how did you even get involved in that? What? Tell, tell me how that all started. Yeah, so I mean, um, I had watched uh, Drunk History here and there, and I was kind of annoyed that like they only did like black historical figures during February for obvious reasons. But I'm just like yeah. black people are part of history. Like there's so many people we could highlight, and um, I had been thinking about this idea for a while. I was like, oh, maybe I could do it on a uh, you know a live show, or at least I could do videos too, like and like do a um, YouTube page. And then my friend Gordon Baker Bone, who like uh, he had filled in hosting Media Popcorn for a few months while Justin had his son. He was away in Finland. And so he and I were talking, like just spitballing some ideas that we have for shows. And then I talked to him about drunk black history. And he was like, bro, I've been trying to do something like this for a long time. And Gordon and I had never really collaborated on like a show or producing and stuff like that. But I always thought he was a really funny dude. Um, he's so fearless. And I think that's one of the things I really appreciate about, uh, appreciate about being on stage with him. He's incredibly knowledgeable. He's out of his goddamn mind. He's definitely an alcoholic. He makes more <laughs> life than him. But uh, he's incredibly smart and knowledgeable about black history. And we, we got together. We did a trial show at uh, Creek in the Cave, which is actually um, a venue, a theater venue in, in Queens where I got married. And so the owner was like, yeah, definitely could do the show here. Like if it failed, it would be no worries to the venue. If it succeeded, we would know, hey, maybe we have something here. And we packed out the venue. Um, it was really dope. And so then we were like, all right, this is cool. Let's try Dream Team show. And then that sold out. And we were like, all right, we might really have something. And we, we took some time off. We, we made some videos. And then we had our a third show this past February. And that was packed out, like 150 people in this tight basement in the Lower East Side. And it was just such a fun show. People kept asking, when are you going to do another one? When are you going to take it on the road? We actually had people travel from down south up to New York in the show so i think that's one of the cool things about having the show on zoom for juneteenth is that a lot of people from different cities and countries will actually be able to join oh it's going to be wild if you do that yeah Um, like but yeah that's going to be that's how it came together i mean i've always had these weird ideas for like shows and sometimes they work and sometimes uh they're like epic bombs but as long as i can (laughs) like do what i want to do creatively and i don't hurt anybody in the process i think it's a it's one of the coolest things about you know, being an artist, is that you could. It um, it sounds like you got a pretty good support system around you, man. You know what I mean? Like you got pretty lucky there. And uh, speaking of a uh, support system, I'm gonna introduce Ross because my boy Rossi's hey, on. Hey. And, yo, uh... yo, what it do, friends? <laughs> what it do? How y'all doing? Oh, good, man. Just um, drinking some tea, talking to you guys. Yeah, bro. So now, now that I got Ross here and I got Brandon here, Ross. Yeah. Did did you see this in Brandon when you guys what 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 are we talking about like uh, yo it's ten years yo ago, son, it's, years ago? it's funny you say this because uh, <laughs> as as we were about to uh, as I was like, I got the I was about to connect and join the conversation I was just thinking about it and I was like yo I, I got I got a little I got a little emotional I blame it on the COVID but. Uh, because <laughs> I thought about it, I was like, "Yo, you know, like this. This is the so we're doing podcasts. It's, it's fairly new to me the whole concept of podcasting, which is weird because I was like, wow, Brandon, 
was the first person who was like, yo, we should do a podcast. And Brandon said that to me, I want to say like back in like 2005, maybe 2006, but no yeah. later than that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if you remember, like the, the St. John's newspaper had like misquoted you about some stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then you were like, yo, I need to get, I need to be heard. And you were saying, hold on, hold on. They misquoted him about <laughs> what? Oh, God. All right. Damn, so- bro. You want to go there? You know, I got, I got, you got, give me a snippet. Give, you know, give, I was having, you know, like I was having an emotional story. moment and now, now we're going to hear Brandon's tomfoolery. Oh, that was bad. It was, well, it wasn't even my fault, Rob. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't. That's the whole point. And the whole thing was there's this, there's this thing called the strip on the St. John's campus, which was, a, it was like a row of dormitories, right? On campus. And there was a lot of like, just brothers hanging out on the thing. And it's called the strip. But the thing is, I was like, do a lot of these people go to school? Like, what's the whole point of this? And so I interviewed a lot of people, and they just found it was like a good way, like a good place to hang out and stuff. And I was like, well, you know, sometimes people find it intimidating because, like, some people just stare at people or they're judging them. It's kind of like a, you know, um, a walk. Um, it's like a gauntlet, kind of, yeah. But it was like, you know, what the the models when they're going down the runway, it was kind of like that. Oh yeah, yeah, like a catwalk. I was just saying, this is like a strange thing, but I get this as a community. I wrote this article for the newspaper, and then this white a- editor completely botched it. And per- essentially, the message of the the article came off like, "Why are these black people hanging out over here?" <laughs> and then Pretty it, much, it became a whole thing. People were like, people were trying to threaten me on Facebook, but luckily at this point, Facebook I didn't have a picture up yet. Yeah, and I was like way back in the day, yeah. early Facebook. Yeah, people thought I was. Nah, that was like when you had to be in college to have a Facebook page. Yeah, it was wild. Uh, it, so it, long- was poss- it was possibly still the Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, I'm dying right now. How come I never heard this? Right. Oh, man. Yeah. Stories, man. Oh, my but, goodness. This is but yeah, so I, I remember like I went to the editor. I was like, dude, you completely like changed the tone of my story. Like, this isn't a good representation of who I am. And he was like, oh, you know, it's fine. It's fine. And then I found out he had a black woman do a, a like, um, not a retraction, but like a like a alternative take on my article. Yeah, like, like a like a, like a counterpiece, bro. Yeah, and I was like, what? And so then at this point, I was like, you know what? I got like, my voice has to be heard. I I tried to do an alternative newspaper. It fell apart immediately. But I did, uh, <laughs> I did print out like a whole retraction, like in like a thing of, against the newspaper, and I like was putting it on top of the newspapers. Yeah, they they were mad at me. It was just like you get you guys can't fuck with me. Like I'm I'm gonna try to like tell my piece. Like you're not gonna. Destroy my reputation with little I had in it at St. John's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little clout. My man had a little clout. So, oh, anyway, man, Saul, so before we have to break go into ahead, this, ahead. I would say, you know, my man Brandon was the first one to even bring out the concept of a of a podcast to me back in like 14 years ago or so. Mm-hmm. And um, and you know, you you you've been talking this podcast itch. For maybe a couple of years after that, so I would, I'll, I'll give you like maybe for ten years, you know what I mean? And and it's just like to think about like the nature of the relationships that I like with with the two of you, you know what I mean? Like you guys are you guys are literally like my brothers, you know what I mean? So it was just like wow, like this is actually happening. Now to answer your question, you know what I mean? Because I don't want to take too much time getting all emo. Um, hell no, I, didn't, I, didn't, I never I never thought I like. If you're talking about when we first met, nah, man, I didn't think Brandon and I would would, would build such a great relationship. Nah, to 
I'm actually here talking about this dude is my brother. Nah, not at all, man. Brandon tried to play me when we first met. Yeah, so did you do you know about when I first met Ross? <laughs> Yo, real talk, son. Yeah, it was not like best moment. So like Ross, we were like it was the, the shuttle to Brooklyn, right? To Target or something like that. Yeah, yeah. The, the Target in Brooklyn and the uh, Atlantic Terminal. <laughs> yeah, so it was like the it was like the first weekend on, on campus. Everyone like went on this bus to Target to get stuff for their dorm rooms, right? And at the time, I was uh, with my boy Nick, who was my roommate, and we were sitting on the bus and we were chatting it up. And then I see Ross. I don't know who Ross was, but I see him struggling. You were lifting up a fridge, right? Yes, I was lifting up a fridge, bro. <laughs> and he was struggling. Why were you lifting up a fridge? For, it was a fridge for my dorm room, so it wasn't that. Yeah, oh. you know what I mean. But okay, but okay. the way that the bus's door was 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 uh like the way the coming onto the bus like that little staircase like three four steps to get onto the bus it was a weird turn so i'm by myself trying to trying to put, trying to put this thing on the bus like i know if i put it on the bus i'll be good to wherever i gotta go so i'm trying to yeah. do this now mind you the moment i show up like you know we all at target everybody's doing anything i know no one this is this is literally like maybe september yeah, this is September. So I, I like I had just moved in end of end of August. This is early September. So I know nobody on campus except your boy who shall remain unnamed. So um yeah. <laughs> so we so we get on so we get on the butt like Brandon, do you know I, about this? I, I know who we're about talking about. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Listen, okay, guys, okay. we don't need to get into particulars. But the no. one I'm talking about, we're gonna we're gonna keep it, we're gonna keep it moving. So, um, so I, you know, I get myself a little fridge and then as soon as we go back to the meeting spot, you know what I mean? I'm like, all right, you know, just waiting it out. And then the bus shows up and I'm thinking, I'm like, yo, that, that might be a little bit of a struggle to get it on, but I'm sure that there will be a good Samaritan to help me out. <laughs> Brother, I was wrong, Saul. So I'm over here trying to get it going. Right. And then it's really not happening. And Brandon is already on the bus. He's sitting next to Nick. Nick is actually by the window. Yo, I make eye contact with my man, Brandon. Yeah, we make eye contact. Oh, <laughs> you know the look you give like, yo, brother, help me out. Yo, Brandon looked right through me, bro. Yeah, I definitely. Uh... I had to get help, bro. Bro, I had to get help. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Brandon, explain that. <laughs> no, I didn't know, Ross. I was just staring at struggle. Exactly. You see that? You see that? The brother oh, left me hanging. You know, we were surrounded by all these beautiful, cute girls on the bus. I was like, you know, I'm trying to look cute. I could be sweating like this brother right they, here. They weren't all that cute, man. They look weren't all that cute. Guy. I just really weren't. But, yeah. you know. I won't name names because I ain't trying to have nobody come at me, but they, they weren't all that cute. <laughs> Yo, you know who had to help me out, Saul? Some dude, some foreign exchange student straight from Italy. Yes. Wow. Yes. <laughs> yes. Talk about allies. Some foreign exchange yeah. saw the humanity in me. It was like, yo, this. I just, you know what? I and I just saw, I just saw Miracle at St. Helens again. Yes, exactly. <laughs> just like that little boy. It is me. Yes. Oh, I, I hate that movie. That little boy calling everybody chocolate. Uh, <laughs> bro, bro, that movie made me cry, man. <laughs> At the end, that movie uh, got me. Oh my goodness. So uh, yeah. So uh, did I know? Nah, man, I had no clue. But I mean, he turned out to be a pretty solid dude. So 
I'm trying, man. I'm trying to be a better person ever since that moment, Russ. <laughs> I'm I'm glad that I was the catalyst. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad that I was the catalyst, but I want you to know that I suffered that day trying to get it on the bus. Trust issues because <laughs> so of that how, moment. So, so what happened then? How how did how did how did the eventual friendship happen? You know, I think I think it was that? just like the shared experience of um well first yeah so it was just like the shared experience of like the trials and tribulations of dealing or navigating with the saint john's um itself and because of that you know we would have various conversations and we found out a lot about each other you know what i mean we both were raised by single black women you know what i'm saying and it wasn't just like single black women but also we were raised like fatherless like our fathers were not in our lives you know what i'm saying um our birthdays are actually a, a day apart yeah, we had that. And, um, we were talking a lot about financial aid because I remember Ross had one of the funniest stories I've ever heard about. Someone. Oh man, you know I was a broke dude, man. I was a broke dude. You know what I mean? Like I had I had moments where like security literally had to like make their presence known, and uh, I guess it was the bursar, yeah, in the bursar's office when I started flipping out on people. And you know the bursar office, they had like a little bulletproof tempered glass. And- <laughs> Flipped out on some <laughs> some Asian man in there a couple of times. You know what I mean? And then and then they would be like, oh, you gotta go to the financial aid office for that. But the financial aid office was like in a whole other building, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then you get there and it's like, oh yeah, you have to wait. And I'm like, oh hell. Yeah, Ross was very much like Will Smith from Pursuit of Happiness at the Burzler's office. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I'd pay to see that. I would pay to see that. <laughs> Yo, it was rough, oh, man. man. It was rough. So, so it was just like talking about those struggles, you know what I mean, and just realizing, realizing that we weren't all that different from one another, actually. You know what I'm saying? And and, and I probably never told you this, but um, when you made me watch that one scene from Forty Year Old Virgin. Oh yeah, with uh, Ram- young Ram- Kevin Ram- Hart. Yeah, Hart? Yeah, yeah, young Kevin Hart and Romney Malco. Like that shit was so funny. And I was like, yo, this dude gets me. The fact that he thinks that I would find this funny, because you know, I usually don't laugh. Like I find something funny, I'm like, yeah, that's funny. But like that literally had me like laughing. I was sitting in that man's room just dying laughing off of that one scene. And so just things like that that just like, yo, little by little, you're like, yo, this this dude is all right. I guess, I guess he's not the little shady motherfucker. Under that refrigerator. <laughs> that I don't have the best first impressions sometimes. You know what I mean? And and I mean, thank, you know, it's growth. You know what I'm saying? It's growth. Like, you're, you're not going to be the same dude at the age that you were at the age of 19. By the time you're 21, there should be there should be some changes. Oh, man, that is that's too funny. Uh, well, while I got. I got, I got Brandon on here still. I mean, you know, feel free to, if you got to bounce, you got to bounce okay. as long as you like. Um, but um, there are a couple of things, I, you know, Ross and I kind of wanted to go over with you. Um, and one of those is kind of just uh, real quick, like how, how has the, uh, I guess the protest changed maybe the landscape in, in, in Queens or where, where you're at? Is anything, you know, is it, is anything any different? Is it, is it, just as crazy as the TV is kind of showing us. I mean, in Queens, I live in a quiet part of Queens. I'm in Astoria. Um, and so nothing's really changed. Um, occasionally, like my boy, uh, Justin Brown, who I co-host Media Popcorn with, we live like a block away from each other. And so we both have noticed mm-hmm. some more intense stares from our white neighbors, but nothing that's like threatening. But we, 
you know, we feel like there's like a little bit more of a heightened edge just because a few blocks away there, there is the PJs. Um, but other than that, it's it's been fine. I, I haven't partaken in any protests just because I have like pre-existing conditions and like not everyone's wearing a mask or gloves still. Yeah, Makes me yeah, all paranoid about what's really happening going on with COVID, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah, I mean, and and well, you know, speaking of that, how how's everybody been handling that where you're at? Like, what what are the is everybody still under curfew? No, curfew got lifted, what's going uh, on? Got lifted over the weekend, um, so at least that's good. Because last week was weird, man. It was like we were ordering food and like deliveries were being canceled because they were worried they weren't going to make it through the curfew. Um, it's just New York City, so like the fact that the the trains would be shut off in the middle of the night and and there's a curfew. It just doesn't feel like New York right now. Um, and with all the unrest with the police and stuff, it just it feels like it's it's um, heading towards a really bad direction, especially with de Blasio. He's like lost all clout. So it's just a mess. Um, Yo, can you um because because I talked about how de Blasio is just like ballless right now in New York. But can you go over what led to de Blasio just not having any clout or any kind of political capital as far as like the NYPD is concerned? Well, with the NYPD, you know, once he did that whole speech about the conversations he's had with his kids, because he's, you know, he's got biracial kids. That's when the NYPD started actively like disrespecting him. They were like turn their back towards him and like uh, funerals he would go to or um, city events he would have. Stuff like that. So that's when you knew that that was like definitely on the wrong side of things. Um, but then I think for me, the turning point for me when I was like, fuck this guy was when he ran for president. Because I was like, <laughs> his approval ratings were like, like mediocre at best. And for him to have such an ego to be like, I can run the country, I was like, all right, really? And like this whole diverse group that we had, like he thought he stood a chance. And, um, you know, it was like Republicans hated him. Like I saw liberals starting to turn against him. And so after his botched uh, presidential run, it was just it's he's been a lame duck ever since. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's been a mess. It's, and like the whole COVID thing, uh, the more and more you read about how much uh, warning New York State did have, you kind of like are like it's kind of like um you're looking back at Cuomo and De Blasio, and like did you guys do the best job you could have? Um, you know, but that's it is what it is. It's it's past. Um, I mean, there might be a second wave. I don't know how New York plans on addressing that. Oh, but. no, no, no. There is a second wave. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was going to say we uh, <clears throat> I mean, definitely in um, <clears throat> definitely in Florida, these uh, these okay. numbers are rising. Like, like we're, the numbers are rising. But how fight. come there's not the panic that there used to be? What's going yeah. on there? I mean, I, see. That now that that's a great question because I too have pre-existing conditions and I you know I, I some of the medication that I take uh, suppresses Same. my Same. immune system so yeah so don't get me wrong like I you know I, I went and protested on Saturday um, but I, it, you know it wasn't for a very long time I made sure that I wasn't uh you know touching anything you know for the most part my hands were in my pockets really or you know, holding on to my phone. Um, I, I was masked up and everything like that. Um, so, I, you know, it, it's it's wild. And I, I, I'm taking it serious, um, serious enough to where I'm not trying to even go out to any bars. I, I can't believe that Florida opened wow. up as soon as it did. <clears throat> yeah. And also, I can't believe that people are, you know, trying to blame the numbers rising on the protests when, 
obviously the timing doesn't add up and you can trace it back. I mean, they got to change the narrative, right? Like it's these protests protests are getting too much traction and actually creating too much change. You know, conservatives are going to try to use this again. It's dude. When I think about everything that's happened uh, the past few years, and I, I wrote this on Facebook, I think we're about to see the worst presidential campaign of all time it's about to be the dirtiest we're about to see the most corrupt like the government do the most corrupt things against its own people just so this guy could try to stay in office it terrifies me so that's that's what makes me worry about obama stuff obama gates on the way it's all happening what that's obama gate see are we still well i'm just saying don't sleep on obama gate because i promise you once these once these uh these these debates are starting between him and Biden, which I'm sure Biden's going to find a way to fuck it up. Uh, once these debates start, bro, it's going to be a wrap. Obamagate. But, Next thing you know, Biden's going to have a subpoena. I don't understand, but Obamagate isn't real. Obamagate isn't real. Yeah. Like, we know this. What, what is... I, I, if I, what could... What could he possibly say to, to make well William Barr is like his, his lap dog? But the thing is, Barr actually might be in trouble now because of all the stuff that's coming out about how he pushed out the Lafayette Square protesters and you know this whole botch thing with Michael Flynn. He actually might be in trouble. But my biggest thing, uh, going back to what Ross was saying about the debates, I don't even think this fucker is going to debate because I think if the, the media tries to change the rules and say actually we're going to be doing real time fat checking because you know Biden's kind of crazy and Trump is just always lying. You know Trump will like tap out. If he loses the first debate, he's gonna tap out the rest of them. He's gonna come up with excuses not to partake in this stuff. That's what I'm saying. It's gonna be a completely effed up election process. Yeah, it's gonna definitely gonna be a messed up situation. I I don't believe. I I don't know what it's gonna look like, but I'm a little concerned only because if 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 he smells at any point in time that it's not going to work out for him. He's going to cry foul. So that's going to make more people doubt the voting process again. So um, let's see. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. I, I, was, um, I was marveled the fact that like in our generation, we've seen 9-11, the financial crisis. We saw Obama get elected. We saw then Trump get elected. And now we're dealing with a pandemic and the rising of Black Lives Matter like to another level. Whereas actually making change like it's a whiplash that we've had as black and brown people is insane in this country and especially our generation oh well for, i mean for me I, I i might be a little bit older than than you guys i i can toss in man uh, let me Devin tell you Thorne. something let me tell you something was, Saul ain't but six months older than me man <laughs> <laughs> oh really? come on Saul. come on Saul. get out of here you hold on hold on hold on you're you're thirty. You're no no. I'm I'm get out get the fuck out of here with that whack ass bullshit. So you no 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 no. Let's get these numbers right, bro. You were born in December nineteen eighty two. Born in yeah, June nineteen eighty three. Oh, all right. So oh yeah, that's right. I keep thinking. I keep thinking. Um, for some reason you graduated. You just an old geezer. No. I am, bro. That's my, that's my, uh, it's like my senileness coming in. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yeah, no, you, you're, you're absolutely right with that. I, it's, uh, it really is something to think about because I, uh, 
I mean, I get, I get, Ross knows this about me. I, I get lost in my, uh, in my imagination. Um, I, th- there's this Looney Tune cartoon that I love where wow. it's a little kid in class and he starts daydreaming and, <clears throat> you know, the paper airplane and everything, whatever. So anyway, that's me. And um, Walter Mitty like almost. And I get caught up in all these movies, uh, you know, coming of age movies I love. Um, almost like the Forrest Gump, maybe kind of like to maybe, you know, an example. And, uh, you know, you think like, nah, man, what a life, you know, that's crazy that this, that this all happened in in that whole lifetime. And like Brandon pointed out, it's like, well, you know, we're, we're still in the middle of all that. Like, look, look what's happening, you know, to us and, and psychologically, you know, the, the stress and and, and the burden that it has put on on people of color, black and brown people in America. It's uh it's pretty it's pretty interesting and it's fucking wild. Yeah, I mean right. I think if there's one more thing, like if he gets reelected, I think that, that we're gonna see society collapse. And that terrifies me because I have so many close friends like Ross that have kids and I do not want that to happen. I feel like it's our responsibility to keep this thing afloat. And I feel like we are con- we're failing the younger generation. We're failing these kids. Yeah. I can't see him winning. I can't I, see him winning again. There's no way. There's after bro, this electoral debacle, college, man. He can still yeah. win, even if he loses the popular vote by like fifty percent. These rural economies have so much power, man. It's it's the whole the whole. They've been slowly rigging elections to go towards conservatives for decades, bro. It's been like the slow game. That's true, man. All all they've been doing is um, gerrymandering all these um, all these voting districts. And so, uh, yeah, I can see it happening. And especially now that he's been stacking not only the Supreme Court, but just like federal courts in general, you know what I mean, with judges who he feels are going to, you know, align with his view of thinking or the conservative view of thinking, which I don't have a problem with the conservative view of thinking. The issue that I have is that sometimes you end up with with people who, who talk party line, you know what I mean? So at that point, it's like they're not, they're not even trying to see the big picture. You know, it's not very humanist. And I guess that's what all these protests are about, right? It's like, yo, the system is designed to fail. How, how is somebody who doesn't have the same experiences that I do, or at least isn't even aware of the experiences that I have, um, how is that person going to give me a fair trial? You know what I mean? I, uh, I, I <laughs> Amazon's got like some free stuff on, uh, on, on Prime Video, and I watched Just Mercy the other day, and and it was just like, yo, too. this is a, based on this is a true story. This is a true story. So these judges really, really played this guy, not once, not twice, but three times. You know what I mean? At least according to the movie, right? So we don't even know the real story. The movie just tries to give you his life or at least that picture of his life within two hours. Who knows how many times he's had to file appeals and try to get a new trial based on the lack of evidence that they had. So, yeah. I just, uh, I, I mean, what, 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 what do we do though? That's the thing. How do we get people like that out of, uh, like out of those positions of power? You know what I mean? Like you can't, I, I, technically right you can't fire somebody or get rid of somebody just because of the way they think um you know and you have to go through i guess a, a, some 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 sort of process 
But the fact that these people even yeah. got there, like how, I think how, how can like put it brilliantly in a clip I saw of, uh, from a show. I think the problem right now is that Trump has like obliterated all the all the norms and like you know like kind of lines that you're supposed to follow in as that like highest authority in the country. That all bets are kind of off right now. The people like some people feel like a power to like you know go against the rules and not follow like not do the best with like that's in uh, the best interest of like the younger generation and society at large. And I think that that's what worries me about trying to figure out how we, how we fix this is because that's why I think we really need him out because we can reset. Even if we have Mike Pence in, at least Mike Pence, like somewhat knows the law. He's worse. Oh, I think he's worse. Views that he might put in policies that are problematic, but in regards to just like, I mean, Trump literally like threatens other countries on Twitter. Yeah, you <clears throat> yeah, that's no, that's that's a, that's problematic. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Like the fact that he actually like he threatened like he said when the looting starts, the shooting starts on Twitter. Yeah. Like, and people are like, "Yep, yeah. I agree with that." It's crazy. No one else would do that. No one else would govern. Imagine Obama did some shit like that. He's just oh, out and lies. They would have killed him. Out. Come on, man. And that's yeah, why the double standard yeah, so so blatant at this point. It's like you can't gaslight us into believing that this isn't. It wouldn't be. Uh, he Obama would have been treated differently than Trump if he had done the same crazy shit that this orange motherfucker was doing. Straight up, man. I mean, yeah. I I'm still like got these utopian beliefs, and I don't know how much I believe in the way the system is shaped right now, but I still think that we can change the system and, and it's by being heard. I mean, you, you guys have heard of the book Invisible Man, right? Ralph Ellison. And, and the premise of Invisible Man is the fact that this, the, the narrator talks about, look, I walk up and down these streets. And this is like, I believe this is around like World War II. I think it's like post-World War II. So we're, we're talking about like a fairly, you know, fairly early and still segregated America, but it, but it's set in New York. And he's like, I walk up and down these streets in Harlem. I'm in downtown Manhattan and people walk by me, but they don't see me. You know what I mean? Like black America or so-called minorities in America are just blatantly ignored or unseen by the mainstream. You know what I mean? And, Right now, it seems like we're getting some sort of shine, but we need to start thinking about, okay, well, what happens after this? You know what I mean? Because this moment's not going to last forever. You know what yeah. I mean? These people are not going to keep protesting with us forever. So what are we doing for when this is over? Because there are a lot more of us than we think. You know what I'm saying? And when we think about, we're, when we think about our aggregate numbers, maybe we're only like, what, 14% population but when we think about the communities in which we live then our numbers are much stronger and of course we have <laughs> that word that's been popping up a lot over the last two weeks allies right so yep. start going to those local political meetings i'm telling you city commission county commission start going to those meetings man school board meetings go to those meetings and don't and don't just go by yourself Go with a bunch of people who align with what you say. And then at that point, at a certain point in time, you get a chance to speak and then you make your voice heard and then vote as a block, which sounds crazy. But between now and November, I'm sure 
that we can organize. I'm going to send an email to you guys, actually. Just wanted to plug that in right now, just in case anybody who listens is interested in that email. So then, you know what I mean, just reach out to Saul's Life, and then I'll send that email to you guys as well. But yeah, you know what I mean? We got to organize. We got to plan, plan, prepare, and then we got to organize so we can put a plan in action. That's all I have to say. I yield the rest of my time. <laughs> no, they, I mean, hey, you said it. You said it perfect, perfectly. Um, we 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 got to keep this momentum going. Yeah. We got to keep things moving. We can't. I mean, you know, we, NASCAR, we gotta use our I mean, changes happen. Um, and NASCAR just there. banned all conservative flag. Yo, and I'm glad you brought that up, my friend. Which bring you? I I love when segues just kind of like you know go together, just flow right in. Um, that's kind of the next thing I wanted to ask you. Well, Ross and I wanted to kind of bring up, and since we've got you here, um, I'll be, I'll be honest. I, I don't follow. Uh, you don't NASCAR, say. Um, <laughs> like I follow any other sport. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I know enough of it, you know, as a kid, my favorite, uh, NASCAR driver was Dale Earnhardt. Um, but only because he was on my cereal box on my cornflakes box. And I would get like, you know, you, you get the toy, the NASCAR toy car, like the Hot Wheels, Dale, Dale Earnhardt black number three car. And I thought that was just the coolest thing ever. So I just always, you know, remember him being a big deal. Um, I ended up <clears throat> like following his son because I was like, oh, he's got a kid. All right, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Um, but yeah, I, I, I never really cared too much about it because obviously there are no black or brown drivers, period, except for now they have one. Which is uh, Bubba Wallace. <laughs> Yo, and, shout out uh, to him. Shout out to my man Saul knowing all yeah. sports. Shout out to Bubba Wallace as well. Bubba Wallace. Well, listen, he's he's uh he, he he's the one, the lone voice that was like, hey, we we need to get rid of this flag. Um, it's not it's not what it's not what our sport is about. We're trying to be inclusive, and obviously, let's just be real about no. it. It's it's just comes down to dollars. But you know they they decided they're gonna ban this flag. Uh, have, well, all right, we're yeah, Arbor in the house. Shout out to the right? Deuce. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I grew up in Ann Arbor, but we didn't we didn't <laughs> know about NASCAR. I think the closest thing I've ever like to gone to understanding NASCAR was that Final Destination movie where they all died the NASCAR. I don't understand it. I like. I'm like. They just keep racing around. Like, what's the point? Then sometimes they crash. Like, okay. Yeah, I think they only take like uh, I, left I, turns. I, see, yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. I think it's left turns, B. Yeah, that's a, that's all it is. Um, but yeah. So, did you ever have a? Did you have an experience with a? Well, with the Confederate flag. Nope. Well, uh, I grew up in a suburb, so I grew up in like in a very liberal really? town. So I was I was less around like crazy, uh, creepy conservatives. Even though Canton isn't far from where I lived, and that's kind of one of the home bases for the KKK. But like it was far enough where I never even needed to go near that area. Um, but like growing up in like a liberal town, you kind of get like the white people that are kind of like the family from Get Out, kind of like like. I'm you know, voting for Obama twice. Yeah, exactly. Like we're very liberal, but then like they, they say some shady shit where you're like, oh, okay. This guy, like you're liberal in like in principle, but if I moved in with my family here, you'd be like, mm-hmm. it'd be different. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, yeah, I mean, so what do you think though about about I think, uh, 
about them getting rid of that thing. I mean, I think it's weird to celebrate the side that lost. I think it just, you know, like it's it's like people are like, oh, you know, my 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 you know family has people that fought in the war. It's like, yeah, but it was for the wrong side of history. Like, what are we talking about? Um, I've always been really turned off by it. Like, that's why I like uh, when I was a kid, Dukes of Hazard used to come on TV. I'd be like. Uh, this just isn't sitting right with me with this flag and stuff. Um, and I, I've just never been a huge fan of like uh, people in the South that like still like hold to those values because I'm like, that's just you're immediately cutting off our ability to connect because you're telling me that you kind of support a side that was against me having freedom or my ancestors having freedom. And so it's for me, it's an immediate like yeah. non-starter for a conversation. And it's it's rather disturbing that we still like celebrate like these generals that were fighting for the South and like fighting against slavery being abolished. And uh, it's just, it's a weird part of our history that we just won't let go kind of like with Christopher Columbus and all that stuff. It's like, yeah, we're here, but let's not sugarcoat this. This is a, there's, there's a lot of dark history in America and it's just the, this, the Confederacy is just one of those things that we kind of like, it's an open secret that that was a really fucked up time, but like we allow people to still celebrate it. Um, Ross, what do you think? I mean, we both went to high school down here in in, uh, in Florida. Well, um, full disclosure, you know, middle school, full disclosure. You know, I grew up in uh, Montreal, Canada, so. and so um, I was a big fan of the Dukes of Hazard growing up. Which which was weird, but yeah. then not so weird. Weird in that you know I I grew up in a in an immigrant family, a Haitian family. So there's so you know it was like very proud to be black, very proud to very proud to be Haitian. But at the same time, I grew up in that and where you know we weren't the mainstream on as far as the media went. So um, yes, love the Dukes of Hazard. Um, even had the little car with the with the rebel flag on it and everything, and then. I moved to Florida when I was like 13 and um, I started learning more about American history and shit, man. Like, no, nah, man, get rid of that fucking thing. I don't, I don't even understand. Like some people will tell you it's about their heritage yep. okay? and they'll tell you that it's because, you know, they have family members who fought on the Confederate side and that's great. You know what I mean? But anytime somebody says that shit, the first thing that comes to mind is like, yo, you know that um, the cornerstone speech from Vice President Stevens. So, you know, uh, Jefferson Davis was the president of the Confederacy. And then the vice president was um, Alexander Stevens. And he made a speech back in like 1861. And in that speech, he basically defended slavery and basically said that, you know, um, black people were the inferior race and that basically the, the reason why they're fighting is to keep their right to, you know, retain their property, which is the chattel property that's been coming on boats since what, like 1409, 1609, 1609. It's been about 400, more than 400 years. But yeah, so because of that, um, as I learned more about it, it's like, man, what what are we talking about here? Your family fought on that side? That's fine, but they were wrong. You know what I mean? Can't you admit something when I was wrong. Like, if you want to talk about, well, you know, my my my, my dad was was violent towards my mom. Okay, you can still love him, but can you also admit he was wrong for for putting hands on your mother? I think it's the same thing. Like, yes, you have family roots, but let's not be crazy and act like this was not about slavery or the fact that that flag is not even the flag of the Confederacy. 
You know what I'm saying? It's the, it was what I believe it was the Virginia battle flag. And that's the flag that that flag was like forgotten about. And as soon as these black people down south started talking about getting equal rights in the 50s and 60s, that flag all of a sudden magically appeared on top of the uh, Capitol building in Atlanta, Georgia. That's when it started coming back up. And all of a sudden, everybody's pumping up that they have family or they can trace their lineage to that civil war. No, man, it was always about one thing. And let's not forget about that. Whether or not you have family members who were part of the Confederacy or who were part of the Confederate army, it doesn't matter, yo. Like that flag stands for something. So them taking it down, finally, you know what I mean? It was about time because I'm not a fan of racing, but I've worked to race back in like 2004, that homestead. And I couldn't tell you how many people I saw rocking their Confederate flag shirts and boy was comfortable. And I can only imagine if you're somebody who's a fan, whether you're Latino or black or whatever you may be, and you see people like that throughout the stadium, just rocking these shirts, that makes you feel uncomfortable. That makes you feel unwelcomed. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and but it was about exactly, economics. Exactly, it was about it was economics. About so it was about free labor, labor. and uh, you know, yeah. what it was about free labor. Uh, exactly, and that's exactly <laughs> the economics built on the backs of slaves. Exactly. I hate when they say that. I um, all right. So yeah, I I, I when I was a kid, I, I thought it was cool. I had bed sheets. You know what I mean? Like my twin beds had uh had Dukes of Hazard bed sheets on there. I had no idea, you know, being a kid in New York, like what that meant. Um, you know, come down here uh, to good old Kissimmee, Florida, and uh, all of a sudden I kind of start seeing it everywhere. And um, the only experience I ever had with it um, was, was mm-hmm. a bad experience. You know, with anybody that had that thing on, they were complete assholes. Uh, whether it was like a bumper sticker on their car or, or dangling a flag in their rearview mirror or, or whatever it was, you know, I I just I never understood it. And and like you guys mentioned as well. Um, I mean, they're fucking losers. Like they lost the war. They're they're, they're the first traitors. I I never understood why anybody would want to want to want to like like be happy about that and the whole uh, heritage thing and, and and its southern pride thing. It's it is. It's, it's based on slavery. It's it's based on on just just the worst parts of uh of American history. Um, I, it's. I'm glad it's 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 taken down. I'm glad they're finally going to do something about it and enforce like that rule about it being prohibited. Um, I think uh, uh, another step that needs to be taken, and we're kind of seeing that, is uh, these these Confederate uh, general statues or whatever. All these statues uh, need to be taken down. Um, we we need to deal with the daughters of the Confederacy. That's what it is. That group, because they're they're the ones behind putting up all this propaganda, is what I call it. And, um, you know, you don't see statues of Hitler. You don't see anybody waving Nazi flags around. So I don't understand why anybody would want to be would, would want to display that and be, yeah, and, and be proud and, to be, be proud to just kind of still have that thing flying. It doesn't yeah, make any sense. I, to I totally they're, agree. They're and idiots, to me, like so if it's somewhere it that's like historical, like a museum or, you know, like you've had like these um, these Confederate, um, these Confederate cemeteries and things like that. Yeah, sure, have at it. But when we're talking about public space, nah, man. I don't think I don't think that should be it. Confederate? What's a Confederate cemetery? There shouldn't 
There shouldn't even be a Confederate cemetery. There, I don't, care, gas, I, I, I don't even. That's ridiculous to me. Burn it to the ground what and build we, new schools on top of it. Not, not. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah I, hopefully, <laughs> it will be haunted. Like my man. <laughs> even but, you yeah, nah. I, 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 I'm, I'm serious. I, I, I just don't. There's no need for any of that because what, what are you? They're, they're just harboring hate. That's what it is. I feel like at that point, and then it's like, what, 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 what do you like? The South will rise again. You really think that's gonna happen? Like, I give me a break. I'm, I'm over this whole Confederate flag thing and people that uh that stand behind it. It's the stupidest fucking shit on the planet. Oh, it crazy, really is. <laughs> I don't know, but um, moving on real quick uh, because you are kind of the uh, the movie guy here, okay. uh, the movie expert. That's what I would say. He's not a movie expert. Yeah, he I just mean, ruins movies for uh, a dude, living. Yeah, <laughs> ruins it for people. He's a spoiler guy, and he'll spoil face. I do have a weird, like, uh, uh, autistic kind of skill I, I for recalling random like things in movies and actors and stuff. But. <laughs> well, that well, they uh, they just HBO uh, Max uh, just took off their streaming. Yeah, uh, site. yeah, I read that. Yeah. They're apparently putting it back on, but I think it's going to be with a disclaimer and possibly some editing, which is just crazy. It's like you know what it is at this point. Like I don't think anyone's watching Gone with the Wind with fresh eyes without any context and be like, oh my god, is this is so offensive. It was made in the 1930s or some shit. 1939, baby. Yeah, it's like what are we talking about? <laughs> Like we can't erase the past. I think that this is like one of the concerns I do have with everything that's happening is we can't erase what we did put in the past. I, think I agree with it 110 now. Have a conversation about it because I'm not a fan of like us like kind of whitewashing all the shit that's happening now because like my boy Justin said meeting popcorn last week, we have to like be able to tell this history, the, these stories to our children because history is going to tell a different story, especially that's, like that's what I'm about. Yep. The thing is, like, if you think about American history, we we don't talk about slavery in school. Nope. We don't talk about it. I mean, when I found out about the Japanese internment camps, dude, I was like, how how does the Japanese pe- American people not uprise and try to kill everybody? Yeah. Like, we literally took American citizens and we put them in internment camps, dude. Yep. And no one knows about that unless you really dig into history or you learn more. Like, there's so much dirt, dark stuff that we've done. Unless you're, uh, like, watching PBS real late at night. Exactly. And so, like, Gone with the Wind, I think that's the least of our worries in regards to uh, not being, hit, um, you know, PC at, at the time of the 30s. That's how people viewed black people. That's how people viewed our place in society. Freaking what's-her-name wasn't even uh, able to go to the Oscars. Like, who played at Miami? Like, you yeah, know what I mean? The, so what are we, we, we can't oh. sugarcoat that fact. So, Max, right up, you know, below fucking the Friends series, you know, if a kid goes digging more into it, they're going to be like, oh, my God. Like, did you know that the woman who played Mammy was nominated for Oscar and she couldn't even go because they were so racist? Like, no matter what, the, the history is there. She won. Oh, did, did she win? I thought she, she won, won the Oscar, no? What's that? She won Honestly, for Best Supporting Actress. Oh, yeah, she won. I, right. I did not like that movie. So, like, uh, I'm I'm not the biggest uh, person the the history of it. But yeah, yeah she, no, no, she won, and she won that picture, she, best director. Yeah, yeah, yeah I won a lot. Yep. Jeez, that's after wild. thirty-three years, so they decided to take cops off TV. Brandon, how old are you? 
I'm 33, bro. After 33 years, they finally get cops off there. What? What do you, man? I was never a fan of that show, honestly. Like, I just remember, bro. Look, the the theme song was 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 fresh, obviously, because you're a kid. You know, it's one of those things. Like, it 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 was a like I don't know. Okay, I'd rather I'd rather you say it like that. Yes, it was a fad because I I remember we got caught up in that fad. Oh, absolutely, for a quick second, but you know, then after a while, it's yeah. like, I was never really a huge Cots fan. I was more into uh, America's you know? Dumbest Criminals. That was <laughs> they had some funny stories on there. Like people did some crazy <laughs> shit on that show. Yo, so how do you guys feel about like this moment in terms of like all this awareness that everybody has all of a sudden? I mean, come on, cops! After thirty-three years, you finally decide to to cancel a show. Like because of what's going on right now, oh now HBO is gonna take the movie down and put it back up with with a disclaimer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, how do you guys feel about that? I mean, uh, it, it. So from what I read, you know, with the movie, they're gonna. I, I don't think they're gonna edit it as much as you're right. Put that disclaimer in there, or, or make some sort of a like little documentary thing to it. Um, you know, where they kind of speak about it. I, I mean, whatever, man, to be honest with you, I, I, I don't really care. I think it's all, it's all for the best or, or not for the best, but you know, they're trying and it's going to make anybody think like, all right, well, why do they do this? Why are they doing this? You know, let me, that, hopefully that's, you know, whoever decides to look into it further, learn something about it. Um, you know, it, cops, to a certain extent, I almost felt like it might, it was like kind of desensitizing people almost. And, you know, all of a yep. sudden these criminals aren't human beings anymore. You know, or these people that are on this show aren't human. And you're, you know, we're, we're like uh, any episode of like some dystopian future TV show where people are cheering for like someone to cut someone's head off right then in their live TV. What about you, Brendan? Like, how do you feel about this newfound awareness that America has? Yeah. White America. Yeah, that was a loaded question. You know, I, I <laughs> it's a bit for me, like because I'm always a little bit cynical. It's like a little too too little too late, especially with everything that we allow with Trump and everything. I, I'm in a, I'm in a weird place with America right now where I don't think I'm ever gonna forgive America for voting in Trump after Obama. I think um for me that really hurt a lot. Um, I think the fact that people were willing to go with someone who had no experience, who literally just tormented Obama his whole time. Um, and so I feel like we're overcorrecting. It's the same. Yeah, but it, it's like we're overcorrecting the same thing that's happening with, the like swamp, the, bro. with like um, the PC culture and stuff in 2016. It's like, I'm okay with that because there are some people that are being held accountable now, right? Like there, there are some people that are running businesses that say some fucked up shit behind the scenes in a, a company email or something like that, and they're going down. And I think that's great that people are actually standing up and saying, no, what you said is fucked up. You're alienating people of color at this company. We're not going to stand for that anymore. I actually really uh, like that. But then for the stuff like a pop culture and, you know, I I, th- I heard uh, about some Vanderbilt rules that just got fired because they said some crazy shit. I'm like, if we if we want to do that, a lot of people have said some wild shit. Yeah. So a lot of people go down. If like that's the kind of stuff we're doing. So 
I think it's just it's it's all about who's who's making the decisions. I think we are as a performer and as a podcaster, you know, I I I worry that we're canceling everybody, which makes me a little nervous. Like, yeah, I'm with that too. I feel you on jail called right? Who does an amazing Trump impression. He went viral a few weeks ago, like millions and millions of views, like Mark Hamill tweets his shit and stuff. And he's being now overshadowed by this comedian named Sarah Cooper who does lip sync Trump, right? And he keeps getting compared to her, even though he does a full-on impression. He like ad lips, right? And the way that he's handling that as like a big biracial half Haitian man, like going against like this woman of color who like a lot of white women are really supportive of. I see him kind of getting towards that teetering that edge where I'm like, it just is gonna be one bad tweet and he might get canceled. Like that's how sensitive it all is right now. Yeah. I I agree. And and so I'm I'm uber cautious about it. That's that's why I'm 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 not a big fan of removing all Confederate items. I'm I'm sit, let's hold on to them because yes, we have to talk about this history because we want to make sure that we're still able to have that conversation. You know what I mean? This conversation that America's been needing to have for a very long time. You know what I mean? And all we're doing is uh, we're just like sweeping shit under the rug like it never happened. You know what I mean? So I'm not down with that. And it's the same thing with the cancel culture. Um, I, I don't think that we should just like X people out. You know what I mean? Um, somebody, somebody once said that we should treat racism like it's a disease. And I agree because by just like trying to lock away all the racists and push and push them off on like some other island or, you know, have them like, yo, y'all can have this part of the country and treat each other like Lord of the Flies or whatever. We're not doing anything. We're just going to push them underground. You know what I mean? And then they're going to infiltrate our, 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 our institutions. They're going to be the people who are hiring us. They're going to be the people who are hiring our kids. They're going to be the people who are our children's bankers. You know what I mean? And, and what happens is they'll be like telling other people. Exactly. They're, so they already are. So, so, so let's try and flip that narrative in terms of having these conversations and have some humanity. How do I see this recent awareness? I I take it with a grain of salt. I'm just as cynical as you are, Brandon, because I'm like, yo, you mean to tell me that now, now you finally see what I've been going through. But four years ago, when we actively watched Philando Castile die, you know what I mean? Not However many years ago when we talked about Amadou Diallo, right? I was like, yo, I was like 15, 16 when this 22, 22-year-old man just busted out, pulled out his wallet when the police was yelling at him, playing clothes officers, and they still shot him. They put 40 bullets in him. But now I'm, I, you're, you're like, oh, you know what I mean? I didn't know this was going on. Nah, you've been turning a blind eye to it. So I wonder when you're going to decide to turn a blind eye to it again because you've been doing it institutionally. You've been doing it aggregately as a whole so long. I, uh, you, I mean, you got a lot more patience than I do then because... I'm at the point where if they, if you don't get it by now, then you can go on to that island. You know what I mean? You can go on to wherever it is and 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 willfully ignore uh, the truth. And I think that's I think that's where we're at. I think we're at that point where if if, if people aren't consciously trying to be better, or better themselves about this, and and you know treat their racism like a disease, and and try to you know get better and do better. 
then forget it, bro. I, I'm telling you, we don't. Uh, the, yeah, I don't know. This election's gonna be. It's gonna be eye opening. Oh no! This one's I gonna think be crazy. going to be crazy. I think Brandon's right. Going to be sad. You know what I mean? We're we're talking about Trump and yeah. yo, this guy. You know, he stopped having rallies because of the coronas, and um, his campaign is gonna reopen again on June nineteenth in Tulsa, yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean, that's shows that he clearly like doesn't give a fuck about oh, you know, uh, trying to even win any black voters. Uh, he clearly doesn't care about history. It, it just is such a callous campaign. And honestly, like y'all, like think about it. If his poll numbers continue to, to dip, right, and to begin to the fall, he's going to try to do anything and every like he's going to logo scor- scorch earth. He already did that in 2016, right. But he's going to go scorched earth to where no one's going to be left standing. He's going to implode the country. Like that's the thing is like everyone thinks that we're in the worst of it right now. I honestly think we're not going to peak till November, once we see how this all pans out after the election. Yeah. And even Biden, I think Biden doesn't want to scare people, but I think Biden and the Democrat Party are genuinely afraid of like him either not leaving or doing something so crazy. Stepping aside and letting him do something crazy. I keep hearing that because they keep moving the goalposts, and that's what going back to the Trevor Noah that. message is I that keep... they white people keep changing the the social contract. They keep changing it to meet their interests, and they're not playing fair. And now because everyone's on it and everyone's ha- had enough of that shit, I think COVID has a lot to do with that. Like we're we're like just we're we're constantly like going off firing off on all cylinders with this tension. And I, I I don't know what's gonna happen in the fall. Yeah, man. I mean, this guy. Go ahead. I mean, I keep. Go ahead. No, well, I I mean, I was just saying. I I keep hearing that <clears throat> that point that Brandon brought up. No, that, man. You know, I, I, he's not gonna lose. I, I, I've heard about that. Or, or anything like that. Right. You know. I mean, and, the and DA how, of New York City, of New York What's State, that? has an investigation on him. Like, when he's not present anymore, they're going to file charges against him. Yeah. Stuff with Stormy Daniels and everything. He's in trouble once he's not present anymore. Yeah. But that's the thing. That's why he's going to be scared to leave. Like, he doesn't want to get rid of this power because he knows he's deeply unpopular in the places that he wants to be loved. He's not popular in New York. He's not popular in Hollywood. He's not popular in the places that he really actually wants to be around those people. He doesn't give a fuck about Oklahoma and Ohio and shit. He's not going to go there and like live there for the rest of his life. He wants to be surrounded by celebrities and fame and rich people. That's true. How many properties does he have in middle America? You know what I'm saying? You never hear about him taking vacations out there. Jersey, he's in Florida. I don't know, man. It's gonna but be I'm just but again, I'm skeptical yeah. about all these, these be, organizations uh, now, just like recognizing the humanity of black people. And you know, it's 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 good that now they're starting to take a stance. You know, the same people who were kowtowing to to the Trump administration are now kind of like breaking away, but at but at the same time, it's 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 like, man, how 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 is it that this is what it took? Well, it's also money, right, Ross? Yeah. It's like businesses that are getting hurt, like for instance, right? CrossFit, that dude came out the, the CEO saying Black Lives Matter, and then 
Ooh, Reebok took away their sponsorship. Yeah. A bunch of gyms stopped associating themselves. That's a lot of fees. Once they start hitting the money, that's when a lot of these companies started acting right. Exactly. Yeah, my man John, my man jump ship. Well, he retired too. He ended up retiring just recently. But you are correct. Money yeah. has a lot to do with it. Money, money, money. We need to pay attention to where we're spending our dollars. You know what I'm saying? You like going to certain places, find out who they're donating to. Yeah. I was going to order Popeyes today, and Tati's like, you know, they just uh, donated to Trump's re-election pro- program. I was like, well, now I'm not going to have no fried chicken for a while. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Popeyes? Yeah, Popeyes, movies. Um, there's a bunch of fast what? food franchises. Well, well, I heard Wendy's. It was well, just the, the one guy, like, the, the, a guy. The that company needs to control that himself. narrative because, for yeah, what I heard, it was Wendy's just Wendy's. It wasn't like a franchise in Bumfuck, Ohio. <laughs> you know, you just you just insulted all yeah. our listenership in Ohio. I don't know. I don't know. This, yeah, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> right now, we're at like negative one, but still, that's uh, all right. I, I I might have one one person out there. No. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Ohio's not that bad. I've been to Cleveland. It was all right. Like, yeah, it's it's all right. I mean, it's it is what they say it is, but it's still not that bad. I don't know. Um, I guess uh, before we kind of close this out, uh, to I, I to kind of end things on a lighter note, um, I was kind of going over well talking to Ross about tonight's show uh, before we got started. And he kind of said, yeah, let's kind of end it, you know, on, on, on a lighter note. And I didn't, I had no idea what to kind of ask or, or where to go. So the only thing that kind of popped in my head, well, it's, it, it's been depressing. It's been a depressing last two weeks, you know, or three months almost. Especially the last week and a half. It's just been shit. Um, it, it has, but uh, like your favorite movie. Be happy. Villains, you know what I mean? Like what, what are all time favorite movie villains? Nah, hey, I, I, I like I like movie villains. Like movie villains are, are, are my favorite. You know what I mean? I if I, I usually not all the time, but a lot of the time base how good the movie mm. is on how it's so a movie bad, villain and not how villain? good the job the bad guy did. Um so you're saying specifically a movie villain, not like a villain you, like a, let's say an overarching story like a Harry Potter or something like that, right? No, I mean it has to be like a, a movie villain, like you know what well, well, well what's his name? Uh he shall not be Christ. named Lord Voldemort. I can't even remember his name now. He said Harry Potter. Um yeah, yeah but the yeah, book, uh, like, I think you know, the story of villain, Voldemort, you know, like I think I don't think it's fair to to stre- use that because that's like a seven book, you know, villain arc. It's been, a, it's like, been a build up. Yeah. You get the backstory in the mm-hmm. sixth book, which makes him a really good villain. Ah, but I don't know if that's fair. So, uh, okay, I'm gonna keep it just to a movie. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious, but I think Heath Ledger's Joker. I think um, he the reason why that performance is so mesmerizing is because one, we have no backstory. He keeps changing the shit, which is creepy as hell. Uh, his makeup, Heath Ledger actually was applying his own makeup. That's why it looks so like kind of discombobulated and like frantic and um and he just is crazy like he has no allegiance he just is all about chaos and that's why he messes with everyone uh every one of those characters and he sets up you know harvey going crazy and try to kill a batman and gordon at the end i mean it's a brilliant performance and 
I think you know you have a really good villain when actually you want to see the villain as much as you want to see the main character on screen. It's really hard to achieve that. I think um yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like, I uh, hear you. I hear Michael you. B. Jordan and Killmonger is really solid. I think the first um the first Ooh, screen, yes. I think uh Billy Loomis was actually a really good villain. Uh but yeah, I have to go with Hugh Ledger's Joker. All right. I mean that's that's I, I was thinking that a, a little bit. Like he that performance was definitely up there. Um I'll let Ross go ahead and, and, and maybe Yo, give me some I, of his, um um before I go ahead and give you some of I mine. really liked um the Die Hard series growing up. And um and and one of my favorite movie villains is actually not Hans, but his brother Simon Gruber. Oh, Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons. He has a line in there, and he says, "I'm a soldier, not a monster." Ever since I was a kid, that really resonated with me, bro. So he's one of my favorite movie villains. And um, Palpatine. Palpatine, the kid creeped me out, bro. Oh, okay. the fuck out like I was like yo that is a scary looking motherfucker and so yeah yeah and I, mean, I could go on and on oh, but wow. yeah I know I know y'all think that I took a little weird oh, turn wow. with that but I don't care I fuck with it I fuck with it well no everybody no, expects I mean, Darth Palpatine, Vader right I like expecting Palpatine um you, you know thank you oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I he's see, a he's a, Vader really a he's villain? a tragic hero. I see somebody I, paid I attention in literature well. class. Carry on, you know, like uh, <laughs> he yeah, he was manipulated. You know what I mean? It, 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 into all this, you know, it, it, into the hate, you know, or whatever. So it, it's you know, the dark side. So I I wouldn't categorize him as a villain. Um, I, I, I mean, it's tough for me because, like I said, villains, you know, movie villains are, are, are my favorite uh, characters in movies. Um, I can't, I can't ever get out of my mind. Yeah, yo, uh, I remember that. In, uh, the Mission Impossible movie. Um, bro, I, I will never forget like that. It, it's almost, it's at the beginning, you know, of the movie kind of like where they got him in the plane. And uh, they're trying to interrogate him, and and you know Tom Cruise opens up like that door hatch or whatever, and kicks the. Yo, my man is like, yo, do you have a girlfriend? Assist. He just stays cool. I'm gonna find her. I'm gonna. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Bro, so that to me, I remember was like, oh my god, that is, like that guy. I I wanted to see him win, uh, out of anything. Um, and I'm I'm a big fan okay. of uh, okay. Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor. Yeah, I I think uh, first off, I think Gene Hackman wow. is just probably right. one of the All best right. American actors hands you. down, just period that we've ever had. I really do. I, I I really do. But um, on top of that, just the way he played Lex Luthor to me. Um, and then Kevin Spacey is just another Lex Luthor that I like. But Gene Hackman, I, I thought that was just the best. Yeah. That, as a kid growing up, uh, those Christopher Reeve Superman movies were just like ridiculous, you know. And then you know Lex Luthor 
went as far in Superman 4 to get like this sun guy, you know, made a some, some weird sun bad guy that he created, you know, it's like, yeah. I don't know, like, what was it like nuclear weapons or something? I don't even know what happened. But and it's it's just it's just wild. Those guys, to me, I think were probably some of the best. Can uh, I give, best can I give an honorable mention that, I, that I'd ever seen? Can we go with Peoples Hernandez from Shaft? Okay. okay. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for the honorable mention. <laughs> Thank you for the honorable mention because now Saul and I still have to go yes, on the mandate right, and see the, the sequel because we've been talking about oh. seeing that movie that movie for years. <laughs> Not the sequel, but the one that just came out with um with Jesse T. Usher. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely terrible. It's it's one of the worst. I mean, Justin and I have a it's visceral res- response. You see, to you see what I told you, man? He ruins movies for a living, bro. We hate we hate <laughs> Jesse T. that he's Shaft's son. It's it's a terrible performance. It ruins the movie. You see what I'm saying, man? Now now I, now I can't go see it. But okay, fine. People Hernandez <laughs> definitely shout out to Jeffrey Wright. He's a true thespian. I want yeah, to also give an honorable mention to. Um... Nope, he no. is not. He is not. <laughs> He's not, this He's is not even Dominican, was he? To his, uh, <laughs> to his craft, to how great of an actor he is. But let's mm-hmm. talk about um, No Country for Old Men. Javier Bardem's um, Anthony. Yeah, yep. Last name I forgot. But as a grown man, that's the character that really gave me the heebie-jeebies. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah, was it like a cattle problem? Yeah. What was it, like that air gun or whatever the thing that he was using? Oof. Yeah, I uh, full disclosure, I recently saw that movie in its entirety, maybe about a year ago. How do you feel about the haircut, and, uh, bro? Yeah, he was definitely one of the scariest people I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. The Bob or whatever. <laughs> had, I think that was the scariest thing about him. Oh my goodness, yeah. no, but that's uh, yeah, no, that, that's a good bad guy. Well, because you take care of your people, I love people, man. He's you know stabbing himself with an ice pick, bro. <laughs> he kept stabbing people with the ice pick, and he stabbed himself. Yeah. Like, that's definitely the time, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was rough, man. <laughs> uh, would you, Michael, who, who would? Who would yeah, be Michael's guy definitely the bad guy in that whole saga. Motherfucking Michael Corleone, bro. Get out of here. What? Whoa, 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 whoa. Saul, Michael... you've seen the Godfather <laughs> the series. Bad guy in the Godfather series. He leads so many people like that. I love the Godfather series. Okay. They're yeah, amazing. Except remember, he three. gets his daughter number killed, so I don't understand. Like, he's life. a bad guy. Yeah, he is. The, the third oh, one's in the I wouldn't plan though, right? <laughs> it's a, I listen, because the third movie, the third movie, I just almost I almost just don't well, even make he's a, a villain. Of, in the second one, we Godfather. learn all about how uh he you know his wife got an abortion, he kills his brother. Yo, that was a tough one when the he killed all the at the abortion. I love that scene. Like that shows you how evil my man yeah. is. Saul, she rather fuck the shit out of her. Yo, yeah, son. She'd rather stop the bloodline. You know what I'm saying? She's like, I'm not having any more of your children, yo. 
I mean, yeah, but she ain't the I villain. See, I found her being you know what I'm She's wrong in one scene. Uh, I think that's my cue to leave. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? She's wrong in one scene. You know what I'm saying? But my man is like throughout time and time again throughout the movies, y'all. <laughs> I mean, not that I oh, condone yeah, being her up. Obviously, that's horrible. But you know, my mine mine is the domestic abuse. Uh, I I never really thought he was he was the bad guy. I thought I thought, oh man, I guess I got to The only other bad guy that could have I mean, been in like let's say the I'm second not one him would be the the, the Jewish guy. dude who tries to kill Michael. Um, rock. right? Yeah, that's the only ba- other bad guy. Like like you yeah, know, I mean, he, like you know. Like kind of in the entire film, but in the whole series arc, Michael is the villain. He I did it he though. Remember, his in dad the, in the first like, one didn't want him to even be a part of the life. He, he put himself into the life because he wanted to step up to uh, avenge uh, his father. He didn't have Yo, to do it. Which one was it? Was it the first one? Yeah. Or it was the it. first one when, when he like closes the door when Kay asks him, like, if he killed some dude, and he's like, nah. That's it ends. Remember, that's how the first movie ends. He closes the door. <laughs> and then he closes the door, and I'm like, Yo, this dude is a stone cold killer. Nah. Man, I Oof. don't know. All right. All I'm saying is, I feel like maybe we should end this. I'm sorry, I dragged you into this, Brandon. I'm sorry, I dragged you. Michael had, Michael, Michael had to do what he had to do, man. Are you kidding me? You literally did the opposite of both of those things you said he was trying to do. These other mob bosses were. I think you need to rewatch that series. So, now that you're an yeah. age man, I think you need to re- <laughs> sit down and rewatch that. You must watch the TNT oh. version that makes it seem like Michael's. You know what I'm saying? He watches when it comes on the marathon on Christmas in between commercials. You know what I'm saying? They they don't show the real stuff. Yep. <laughs> man, whatever you guys. All right, I don't care. <laughs> anyway, you have me on, bro. I want to thank Brandon. <laughs> yeah, thank for you for being, being part there, of the show tonight. Oh my goodness, are you kidding me? This was this was uh, a long time coming. Um, where can yeah, people? Uh, uh, I'm an American Collins and all social you know, media platforms. Or, um, or again, like I have a uh, two podcasts: Media Popcorn to Explore Movies. It's out on iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic, Spotify, and then What Kind of Mail, which is this Doug recap show of the Nickelodeon show. I talk about race and stuff. That's also an iTunes Stitcher Podomatic. And then uh, Drunk Black History. If you got nothing to do to celebrate Juneteenth on Friday, June 19th, please come join us on Zoom. You can RCP to get the Zoom link. Tickets are only 7 bucks right now online. And you can get tickets at AmericanCons.com. Just go to Live Gigs and the link should be under there. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. Sweet. Oh, dude, are you kidding me? Thank you. Really, thank you for, for coming on here. Um, any sh- quick last shout outs? Shout out to all the people out there just trying to, or, trying to uh, keep your head like up. That, maybe? <laughs> Yo, I just, um, again, I appreciate my brother Brandon Ross, any, uh, you know what I mean, for, for coming through and uh, spending a little moment in time with us. Uh, it, it means a lot. And we actually had some funny moments. And um, nah, as far as like, you know, just like my man said, you know, everybody trying to hold it down. It's, it's a crazy time. 
You know what I'm saying? We, 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 we talk a lot about, you know, the struggles as far as being black men, you know, in this country. But, you know, we also know that it's not easy for everybody else involved in this rat race. So, you know, just give us a shout out to y'all. Um, yeah, man. Thanks. Thank both of you guys for, um, for being on here. Uh, everyone check out Saul's life on Facebook. Um, Solly D's on so you, got, you gotta get it all uniform, dude. You gotta Saul get... underscore wall on Instagram. Um, man, I was... brand, man. yeah, I know, man, I had it all uniform, but then I, I don't know what happened. I gotta, I gotta figure this all out. It's all the good names are taken now all of a sudden. And it's just, it's too much of a pain in the ass. I got, but I, I, I'm I, I, sorry, I, I, brother. I'm sorry. It's just um, that, you know, I don't have an man, online presence like now, YouTube fellas do. So I don't want to, man. It's too much to keep up with, but that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> for another day. It is. Um, but yeah, I guess that's it, man. I don't know. Uh, you lying. Thanks for listening. And Michael Corleone you was on lying. the bad guy in The Godfather. I don't care what anybody said. I'm questioning right. our whole friendship right so now. That's it. 20 Watch years. Godfather and, and get back to me, everybody. Have, have a good night, guys. Have a good one, my brother. Yeah. <laughs>